Welcome back to Creator Talks. I am your host, Christopher Calloway, and I interview writers and artists working in comic books and in other mediums. And occasionally, I speak with publishers, and I have one with me today, John Morrow of Tomorrow's Publishing. Why? Well, do you like 80s comics? I like them. They have their own category in my collection. I give them the same care and attention that I do to my Silver Age and Bronze Age comics. Are you interested in learning more about comics from the 1980s, their context in history and our culture? If you want to dig deeper into them and would like to have a handy reference guide that will take you on a journey of that era of comics year by year, there is a solution. Tomorrow's Publishing has a set of books, encyclopedias, American Comic Book Chronicles, and these are going to span from the 1940s through the 1990s. And the 1980s are out of print, but there is a way you can get your hands on a new printing of the 1980s volume. Oh sure, you can find these on like Amazon, eBay, but they're going for multiple times of their original price. Each of these books are beautifully illustrated with pictures of comics, creators, very, very well-researched information in there. I have a few of the sets myself, and I thought, you know, I need to get that 1980s volume, but it's not available right now. Not through stores. No, no, there's one way. So early Friday morning, I called John about it to learn more about this Kickstarter he has to reprint that 80s volume. Let's find out about it here now on Creator Talks. John, welcome to Creator's Corner, where I focus in on special topics. And this one popped up in my mailbox, an announcement about a Kickstarter that I know my listeners would be very interested in. This is one of my favorite publications, the American Comic Book Chronicles. And I have three of them sitting right next to me because I reference these all the time. They are an amazing source of information. If you love comics and you love comics history and you love the people behind them, this puts it all in context. You could read this cover to cover. You can just pop in there and check a few things out for reference, but it's an amazing book. And the one that we don't have right now available in the market because it's sold out is the one from the 80s. Let's talk about the series from the very start. How did it come about from the very beginning? The whole idea was actually pitched to me by the editor of the series. The overall editor is Keith Dallas. Keith has done several projects for us uh, over the years, and he pitched me one day, um, hey, why don't we do a, a really exhaustive series of comics history volumes, one on each decade of comics history. From that little uh, email he sent me, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Now, I have to go back and look at the original message Keith posted to me and see if he envisioned it quite as expansive as it ended up. But it all started with him, and it immediately resonated with me, because when I was a kid, Jim Steranko, the, the famous comics artist, had done a series called The Steranko History of Comics. He did two volumes. I remember as a kid, in particular, I think it was volume two, he gave a very uh, detailed account of Plastic Man creator Jack Cole and how as a kid he did this bicycle ride basically across the country and back, tied it in the whole comics history spectrum there. I was fascinated by that story, but I was fascinated by Steranko's two volumes there. And that was my first real learning experience about comics history and what went on so far ago. I mean, this would have been in the mid-70s when I read these. 
and his books were talking about the 40s. So that was already 35 years old. Well, now here we are in the 2010s, almost 2020 here. Obviously, stuff from the 40s is even less known about today from the new people coming up. So I saw, yeah, there's definitely a need in the market for something like this. And no one's ever done you know, quite this thorough and exhaustive an overview of all of comic book history. So I figured if anybody's going to do it, tomorrow's is. And I jumped right on Keith's idea, and we started formulating plans for it. I think this started back in, if I remember, it was probably our first volume was published in 2013. The trick with these books is, you know, each one documents comics history of a decade. We aren't releasing them chronologically. Different decades take more time to research than others. So uh, the 80s book sold really well and has been sold out for about three years. So the problem with these books is they're so expensive to print, full-color hardcovers, 288 pages each. Very expensive to print and ship around, very heavy books. You've got to you know, really gin up some demand for it to do a second printing of anything, but particularly something this expensive. As we're speaking now, <laughs> there's such demand for this. You've already hit the goal on the Kickstarter, but it's not over, which I'm glad to hear because I'm really interested in getting the uh, 80s volume. I don't have that when I have the 60s, which is actually two volumes. That's one of those decades that there was so much information to pop in there. And the 70s. And in the 80s, I stopped collecting comics in the 80s because high school, college. I just kind of got out of it. Then I got back into it uh, when I got older. And the great thing about those books is that they're relatively cheap. When you look at Gold and Silver Age, of course, they're a lot cheaper. And there are some game-changing books that came out during that decade. So to get this volume, it's a must. And that's not all. I mean, you have the 90s coming out soon. You're going to run from the 40s clear through the 90s. Well, actually, the 90s book came out last year and has done extremely well. We saved the 90s for later on in the series because tomorrow's publishing is all about comics history. And the 90s is still, I mean, you know, if you think about this 20 years ago, but still that's relatively recent in terms of comics history. The 80s was the first one we published. From there, we did the first from 1960 to 64 volume. Then we did the 50s volume. And then we did the uh, 1965 to 69 volume and the 70s volume. I know that sounds kind of convoluted in the release schedule, but it's different authors working on each book, but under one overseeing editor, Keith Dallas, making sure the books are all consistent. And we plan them out ahead of time so that each one flows seamlessly into the next one even though they may not be released chronologically. For instance, the two 1940s volumes are yet to be released. First 1940s volume, 1940 to 1944, is literally due to arrive. It's either going to be today or uh, Monday from our printer. So we'll be shipping those out to customers very shortly. And, I mean, huge response to that. And, and that encourages me that, much like how I read those Storanko books and was really fascinated by what went on in the 1940s, I'm seeing a lot of response to that first 1940s volume that we're releasing next week. You know, people still care about that, and that, that makes me very, very happy to know that people aren't just forgetting this. The second half of the 1940s volume, 1945 to 49, is going to be released next spring. And that was really the reason we went ahead and decided to do the Kickstarter to see if we could get the 1980s book reprinted. We want to have the full set in print so that everybody can literally buy the cyclopedic set that starts in the 1940s and goes through the 1990s. You know, you mentioned the Kickstarter is already funded. Well, yeah, we started it two days ago. Within 12 hours, it had already funded. I was quite taken aback by that, actually, because we had solicited a reprint of the 80s book about a year ago through Diamond in the comic shops. But the response through Diamond was not sufficient to print the thing. And considering all of the people that had emailed me over the years and said, hey, I've got all the volumes that's got the 80s, when are you going to reprint it? I was very surprised by that. I don't know if people just missed it that month in Diamond's previews catalog or what. 
But that's really why we approached Kickstarter as an option to get this thing funded. And, yeah, happy to report it. It took a whopping 12 hours, uh, but we are not done yet. I'll go into that a little bit later. How many people work on a volume? It varies depending on which volume it is. For instance, let's see, Keith Dallas himself did the 1980s volume and wrote most of it, but he had a couple of contributing writers helping out on that. The 1990s volume, Keith worked directly with Jason Sachs on that, so it was really two authors on that one. Let's see, the 1960s volumes, both of them were mostly done by John Wells, a great researcher and historian. People were just giving us rave reviews on what they've learned about the 60s that they didn't know from that. Whereas Bill Shelley did the entire 1950s volume by himself. He's actually the one finishing up the 1945 to 49 volume now that'll be out next spring. And then Kurt Mitchell, uh, worked with Roy Thomas on the 1940 to 44 volume that's coming out next week. We go for the authors that have the most expertise on that given time frame, because I think that gets a, a more extensive and exhaustive overview of each decade by having an expert on that decade doing the book. But again, Keith, as overall editor, oversees everything. He makes sure the tone is consistent, and obviously we use the same designers throughout to make sure the look is consistent. So it's one very nice, consistent volume. If you look at them on your bookshelf, the spines, the only real difference is the color of the foil stamping that we use on the spine. We try to pick a color that's appropriate for each decade. So, for instance, uh, the Golden Age of Comics, we're using a gold foil stamp on the spine for the 1940s books. The 50s was kind of the atomic age, so we picked this really uh, stinky lime green metallic foil for that spine. For the Bronze Age stuff, we used a bronze stamp, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually we're going to probably do a 1930s volume, which will be smaller than the others probably because comics really hit their stride in 1938 with Action Comics number 1 when Superman debuted. But there was a lot going on before that that led up to it in the 30s. We'll do a smaller 30s volume. We'll probably also eventually do a 2000s volume, but that's a little further down the line. That's still, just like the 90s, we want to wait just a little bit longer until it's a little bit older, a little bit more true history. With this 80s volume second edition, you're making a few upgrades on that, a couple of changes, not in terms of the look, but in terms of the quality. Well, there are a few corrections and things like that we're making through the book. It's not anything extensive because the book was so well written and researched to start with. But there are a few corrections that, you know, a little error that snuck in there, so we're going to fix things like that. But we're also improving the quality of the cover work. Those early volumes, we had a few printing issues and binding issues on a few of them. It wasn't the whole print run, but there were some issues on some copies here and there, so... We're uh, putting in the extra work and the extra money to make sure that these are going to be flawless editions this time for the 80s book. If you got the first edition of the 80s book, I don't think it's critical to get the second edition, but I don't think you'd be disappointed if you did either. And then this is the sort of the surprise news of all this. That initial 12-hour amazing run of funding that we got on uh, the 80s book took us really by surprise because it was not only for the 80s book, but it just boosted sales for all of the books across the line. I don't know if people just hadn't been aware of it before the Kickstarter hit, and now they were. But part of the bonuses on the Kickstarter is you can pick up extra editions and things like that uh, to kind of complete your collection. We even had a limited number of full sets people could get that would include two new 40s volumes, the one that's coming out next week and the one that's coming out next spring. The trick with that is uh, our 50s volume is now actually in very low stock after oh. this. So that's going to be the next one to reprint. Now, I don't know if we're going to need a Kickstarter for that or not, but probably before the weekend's through, we're going to add a, you might call it a sneak peek add-on. You can go ahead and pre-order the reprint of the 50s book as part of this Kickstarter at a special price, which will help fund this one even more so. That's kind of the little surprise we haven't announced yet, but that'll be definitely active by next week. That's great news, because that's the one I don't have. 
<laughs> I need the 80s. I need the 50s. They got the 60s to the 70s. That's great news. I got to check out that 50s one. It's a great volume because most people really know nothing about 50s comics. They think it was just like this sort of desolate wasteland for that whole decade. And that's really some great books coming out there. I've collected a few of them because I was so fascinated by the Marvel Atlas era. I picked up some of the Submariner ones from that period. And I just was so fascinated by the uh, early Bill Everett artwork and story writing. I was like, oh, wow, now I can see. Because when I first read his stuff, it was in the 60s, and he wasn't quite at his peak at that point. He was kind of getting back into it. And when I read those books from the 50s, I was like, oh, well. And I know he worked way before that in the 40s, but still, I was like, these are some gems here. So, yeah, there's so much there in the 50s. And guys like John Romita really cut their teeth in the 50s on a lot of stuff there. And it's fascinating to see their early work and see how it evolved into what we recognized in the 60s and 70s for his work on Spider-Man and Captain America, things like that. You can see the beginnings of it in that 50s work and how he progressed over time. But just the behind-the-scenes stories in each of these volumes, like that Jack Cole story as a kid riding bikes, we've got little snippets of human interest throughout here and you know all the behind-the-scenes details of what were going on at various stages throughout each decade of comics. It's really enlightening. You learn... Some of the little dirty tricks that publishers were doing to their creators that may have affected the final books that you saw. You learn just various business details that explain why a certain book was canceled and why a certain new book was launched. It's more than just an encyclopedia that quotes dates and things like that. Each year in, for instance, like the 1980s volume that we're kickstarting, there's 10 chapters, obviously, one for each year of the 1980s. And each chapter has its own very detailed timeline to start off that chapter. It's a timeline of what happened in comics that year, but it also is what happened in general culture that year that would have affected comics as well. So, for instance, in the 60s, along the timeline, you'll see where JFK was assassinated and how that plays into the various comics that were published before and after it. Uh, Same thing with all the other decades, 70s, 80s, 90s even. All the important things that were going on in the world while our favorite comics were published those years and how they affected what was actually produced by the different companies. And there's a couple of other add-ons, too, people that pledge at at least, uh, I think it's the $40 level. What are those add-ons? Well, the first one is a book called The Flash Companion. Keith Dallas wrote this book for us a few years ago. It's been a perennial steady seller for us. Uh, We thought, well, you know what? Keith, as editor, offered up to uh, uh, let that be one of the add-ons for the book at a special discounted price. So it's all about the history of DC Comics' Flash character and all the various incarnations of the Flash, from the Golden Age up through Wally West. So uh, people take a look at that. Uh, If you like The Flash, if you want to get some backstory so you can understand what's going on on the Flash TV show, that's a great place for it. The other one is a book called Comic Book Implosion, which Keith co-wrote with John Wells, who's the author of the 1960s Chronicles volumes. This one has actually been nominated for an Eisner Award. Um, We're heading to Comic-Con in San Diego next week. Actually, the Eisner Awards are a week from tonight, so we'll see if maybe it can pull out the win for Best Comics-Related Book. But Comic Book Implosion is all about the infamous DC implosion of 1976-77, when DC Comics put out this surge of new titles, a lot of very interesting new concepts and books, and they expanded the page count of all their comics and had new backup stories with different new characters in them. And then within a very short amount of time, just a few months, DC canceled almost their entire line and left a ton of unpublished stories that they uh, eventually just kind of compiled in these little uh, short-run things called Cancelled Comics Cavalcade. I think there were 200 sets of Xeroxes of all these unpublished stories made and bound together. Actually, a friend of mine has one of those rare copies of those unpublished Xerox books. It's a fascinating look. Some of it's really good stuff. Some of it's really kind of not good. But it's all fascinating. It's all interesting. 
this book, Comic Book Implosion, kind of goes over all what went on during that time period that caused DC to expand so rapidly and to immediately contract and cancel so many books. You know, it's got to be a good book if it gets an Eisner nomination. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that it'll pull an Eisner work. But that one's available also at a special discount as an add-on if you pledge at least $40 for the 80s book. Now, these are coming out, the 1980s volume, February 2020 is the target date for that to ship? Uh, correct. You're basically, you're, if you go to Kickstarter and help us fund it now, you will get your copy shipped to you in February. It might even be January. Now that we know it's a go, we've got to re-list it through Diamond again and have those orders counted for so we know how many copies to print at this point. We don't want to run short and sell out again on the 80s book again. It takes a little time for Diamond to cycle through getting it in their previews catalog now that we're going to reprint it and for us to get the orders in before we can actually print it. So um, you know, literally, we could go to press with it next week, make the changes and things like that, but until we know how many Diamond's going to order, we need to hold off printing it. That's the only reason for the long delay there. And the 1950s volume that you're going to be reprinting, would that ship next year also in February, or do you have a different date for that in mind? Probably so. really depends on how the Kickstarter goes. If it continues to keep getting funded and if people keep supporting, we may consider reprinting both of those at the same time. But again, it's going to be a question of we have to get Diamond's orders in in addition to whatever is coming in from the Kickstarter so we're, we have an accurate print run. And again, don't print too few copies, ending up short and sold out again. So the goal here is not to make a ton of money with this Kickstarter. The goal here is to fund reprinting these expensive books so we can keep the entire series in print indefinitely and that anybody that really wants just an exhaustive overview of all of comic book history of the 20th century can pick up all the volumes anytime they want. And it will be there in libraries, at universities, and in people's private collections. So this important information will be documented for future generations to enjoy. What people should do is go to Kickstarter and check that out. And it'll be under, they search at American Comic Book Chronicles? Yes, or you could search for Tomorrow's, and that's T-W-O-M-O-R-R-O-W-S. I believe it'll come up with either of those. But yeah, you'll pop it right up there, check our little video on the Kickstarter page. It'll kind of thumbs through some of the pages so you can see what the interior looks like and really understand what you're getting into there. I just have a couple questions before we close out, because I have to know a little more about you. What is your favorite decade of comics, personally? Oh, gosh. I know people want me to say the 60s, but I was born in 1962, so I was a little bit young. I got in at the very tail end of the 60s. I saw a couple of comic books here and there, but... Like my first comic was probably in 1969, and I think it was a Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, which I had for a day, and then a buddy down the street borrowed it and left it out in the rain, so that was oh. it. I didn't actually collect comics until the 70s, and I would have to say the 70s is my personal favorite decade. You know, I've gone backwards and collected most of the 60s stuff, particularly by Jack Kirby, but the 70s is just, the, that's the work that's near and dear to my heart. Although, don't get me wrong... 80s, I loved it. Watchmen, Dark Knight, all that stuff was amazing. And some of the 90s worked as well. Although we started our company, Tomorrow's Publishing, in 1994, sort of in a reaction to Jack Kirby's passing away. And I started my publication, The Jack Kirby Collector, then, just kind of on a lark as a little fun fanzine to do for a while. I had no idea it was going to eventually spin off into just a whole lot of magazines and books about comic history. But the 90s were a pivotal time for us as a company and me personally, and I've got a lot of respect for that work as well. Yeah, 70s is my favorite, but, I mean, I love the 40s stuff. I love the 50s stuff. It's all good, and that's why I love this American Comic Book Chronicle series. I personally learn things from what our authors are finding for these volumes. I'm really excited to see that last half of the 1940s, because that's an era I know a little bit about, but not extensively. And the research Bill Shelley is doing on it is just 
fabulous. Like, I, I can't wait to see the finished book. I have to get them all because, like you said, they look great on the shelf. And I'm glad you pointed out the ink because I didn't notice that. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, son of a gun, the spine ink, it, it is, you know, the foil, silver or gold or bronze. I have to agree with you. The 70s probably is nearest and dearest to me because we're about the same age. I was born in 65. So I just got into comics in the early 70s. So a lot of what I read were things brought to me by my dad when I was home with like a sore throat or something. And this is back when doctors would make house calls. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he would bring me like reprints of the X-Men, you know, when they were in that period when they were doing reprints before the new X-Men. And things like Marvel superheroes with Iron Man and Daredevil. And that's when I really got into comics was dipping into the 60s, but as reprints. And then I had an allowance and I could go out and buy something. I could afford comics because they were 25 cents. And that's when I started hitting the 7-Eleven and buying all those comics. And it was just an amazing time because everything that was coming out, it was just an explosion of ideas. All these little weird comics that, you know, still aren't around today. Like, of course, we have our Superman, Batman, Iron Man, Cap. But then back then we had things like Deathlock and Killraven and Amazing Adventures and Astonishing Tales. And it was just an amazing period. And I just love going out and finding those odd little books here and there to fill in my collection and then to have these volumes to go back and see how they fit into the culture at the time and the stories behind the books is just a wonderful companion and anything I don't know much about I'm interested even more in learning and this is a great way to learn about comics if you love comics and you love comics history because how can you not this is a must-have you've got to have these volumes they're just ugh. You could read it, like I said, cover to cover, just sit down and read it, or just use it as a reference. But believe me, it's something you're going to want to hang on to and keep. And if you know somebody who likes comics, this is a great gift, too. I mean, they're going to love this. Definitely check it out. Hit Kickstarter. This is a great series, great company. Check into their other offerings, too. Magazines and so forth and books, they got a lot. It's just tremendous. So glad that your listeners can uh, learn about our Kickstarter and hopefully... Get out there and check it out. I think you and I are kindred spirits because my mom brought me comics home when I was sick. Um, uh, we didn't do house calls with our doctor, but you know, I had strep throat or something like that. And I had my appendix out as a kid, and my mom brought comics home. Although she brought DC, that's probably why I'm more of a DC '70s guy than a Marvel '70s guy. But still, it sounds like uh, we had very similar experiences riding to the 7-Eleven. That was the thing, right? You know, you ride at the 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee, buy as many comics as they had there, and then you ride your bike to the other 7-Eleven on the other side of your neighborhood and uh, get another Slurpee and find some more comics. And then by the time you get home, you got a sugar buzz, and you sit around and read your comics all day. And I knew nothing about release schedules. So I would go like every day waiting to see what came out. And the fun thing oh, yeah. was, if you recall, they didn't clear the racks right away. So I might find something from two months ago. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I found most of my stuff, just like you're talking about. You know, hey, what's this? I could get two consecutive issues of a comic because they didn't return the, the old ones yet. Yeah, those were fun times, man. It was, you know, it kind of takes some of the uh, allure off. Now we know, oh, well, every Wednesday you just go to the comic shop and the new stuff's out. But uh, back then it was more hit and miss and just a lot more fun, I think. It was, and nothing was spoiled because there were no catalogs at the end of the issue. They'd tell you what might be up next if they knew. <laughs> and then, uh, right, right, if they knew. And that's it. You just were surprised, which was just so great. I love that. Absolutely love that. It was a great time, too, but reading comics, and they were so affordable back then. And I know that when the 80s rolled around, I was like, oh, no, 60 cents. That's it. I'll never buy comics again. They're way too high. Well, <laughs> you know, you see where that went. <laughs> Kind of mow some more yards and uh, deliver some more newspapers, right? right. Uh, return some more Coke bottles for refund, refund money, and uh, you, you can afford it. 
Exactly. I really appreciate it. I'm glad I could catch up with you early this morning, at least early my time. But, you know, I'm up early anyway, so it works really well for me. I'll make my pledge. I am excited that the 50s is coming out. I want to get a copy. I'm glad we had that initial wave of funding and reached our goal. But seriously, I, I hope we go well, well beyond our goal. And that'll ensure we can get that 50s book back into print that much sooner. Awesome. All right, John. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. Good talk to you. All right, folks. That's it for this week. As I said, every two weeks, and I mean it, I'm sticking to it. Uh, Leanna Kangas next week on She Said Destroy through Vault Comics. Yeah, that 80s volume, I have to get that. Think back about the 80s, the comics back then. You had Miller's Daredevil, Dark Knight, Watchmen. You had Walt Simonson's Thor. You had John Byrne with a fantastic run, writing and drawing the Fantastic Four. He did some issues of the Hulk, West Coast Avengers. And speaking of Avengers... Not to be overlooked, that Roger Stern run with art by John Buscema and inks by Tom Palmer. And DC, so much going on there. Crisis. And that John Byrne guy again, relaunching Superman. Crazy, crazy times. All those indie books coming out too at the time. Creator-owned stuff like Mike Barron and Steve Root's Nexus. Mike Barron's Badger. And books like Ron Randall's Trekker. Dark Horse breaking into the industry. 2000 AD. There's a lot there to dig into. A lot more I want to learn about. Like John said, he grew up on DC. I didn't so much. Mostly Marvel. But hey, I want to learn more and get more into those comics. Well, I hope you had a good weekend. I had a fantastic weekend. A little hiking in the woods, where it was nice and cool. Nice breeze get away from the heat down in the valley here, cleaning out my garage, getting some of the storage bins stacked up, found a scorpion. Yay! First one I ever ran into in the wild, in my house. Looks like it's time for an exterminator just to be on the safe side. You want to see a picture of that scorpion? You want to see some video? You can follow me at Creator Talks Pod. That's at Creator Talks Pod. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I put that video on my Facebook and Instagram page. And if bugs bother you, don't watch it. If you want to reach out to me, longer form contact, email me at creatortalks.com. That's contact at creatortalks.com. Thanks so much for joining me again this week in this little Creator's Corner Focus on tomorrow's publishing Kickstarter, American Comic Book Chronicles, the 1980s. See you all next week.